Blog Talk Radio. cannot believe this is the last weekend of the NFL season. 2016 season is coming to a close. I'm hyped right now because you know I love to do the show, my main man Chuck, but I'm a little sad on this side because football was almost over. But I know we got the combine coming up next month, and um, we just finished up the Senior Bowl, little college, you know, stuff going on with that, finishing up that up and stuff. Today was also National Signing Day <clears throat> for a lot of high school athletes who uh, picked and made their decision on which college team they're going to go to. But this is not. Uh, National College Signing Day show. This is the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show, and we're about to break down this uh, upcoming Super Bowl going on this weekend between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to tell you if them Falcons going to get their first Super Bowl or not, or is Tom Brady going to get his fifth Super Bowl ring. And also on tonight's show, fans, we're going to talk about is John Lynch the right GM for the 49ers, which is a shocker, and we're going to give our prediction on the 2017 uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame list. Yes, we're going to go in deep detail on that. And then we're going to start the show. I'm not going to recap it big like that, but the senior bowl, I'm just going to talk about a few prospects that really stand out. And for your fans to keep an eye on, come around combine time and also leading up to the NFL draft for 2017. With that being said, my main man, Chuck, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Sounds like we are, we got a lot to get through today. Uh, we got a lot, man. Well, this is the last show, right. man. I mean, well, All right, well, well let's get last. started. Yeah, I know, I know, but not the last show like that. But this is the last NFL game of the season. So we're going to break down the Super Bowl like no other because, you know, this is the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. So let's get started, man. So this past weekend was the Senior Bowl game. Um I don't know how many people out there watch the Senior Bowl, but for uh, the other 30 NFL teams, uh, the fans were probably watching it if you're not um, a Falcons or um, a New England Patriot fan. But the other 30 teams, uh, NFL fans were watching to see which one of these players in the Senior Bowl, which one of these prospects were going to step up, you know, come in this game and, and, and make their mark so, you know, these NFL teams can uh, recognize them and, you know, put them down on their, maybe on their draft board. But there was a few. I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this. But there was a few fans because last year, Chuck, 
you know, we didn't really do the senior bowl, but there were some players I was telling you to keep an eye on in the draft because I thought they was going to do something in the NFL their rookie year. And like I said last year, I know I was talking about my boy Tavon Young, the cornerback, the five foot nine cornerback out of Temple. You know, he went to the uh, Baltimore Ravens this season, and he had a good rookie season, man. He actually uh, did his thing. He looked pretty good this uh, uh, rookie season, man. I'm proud of him because, hey, like I said, man, I got a good eye for talent. I'm a good scout. <laughs> right on, right on, yeah. I mean, the senior bowl, is, uh, it's a lot of talent there. I mean, uh, people, just because there's no big brand names there, because most of the guys leave early, don't even make it to their senior year in college. But these guys, very good players there. You can find you a, uh, a for years to come in the NFL at the Senior Bowl. So that's why it's crucial to go there and, um, you know, to scout out, to watch the games, um, because it's an opportunity for somebody else to play some more football. And there's another time for you to evaluate them. Yeah, the combine, all that stuff is great. But what really matters is what they do on the field. And the Senior Bowl is an opportunity for different players, uh, some players at smaller schools that don't have the chance to play the Alabamas and the, all those SEC schools every year, they get to go up to this level and play against some real competition. So um, it's a valuable game. Like you said, you can find some jewels there. You can find some great players there. So uh, I, I unfortunately, I was unable to watch it. I did watch the highlights, uh, and there are some good players coming out. You know, not too many, if at all, first-rounders, uh, but there's some – high draft picks in that game. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, it is correct. And, you know, Dak Prescott, um, who's actually a finalist for uh, Rookie of the Year um, for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, he was drafted in the fourth round. And it's funny because he actually was telling these players that are going to the senior bowl, giving them some advice, like, listen, they're going to be watching you 24-7. Every move you make, everything you do, how you interview, how you act on the field, how you act in practice, how you act off the field, they're going to be watching you when you're, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're, when you are on your cell phone. You know, they, they, their eyes are going to be on you this whole week. They want to see how you conduct yourself. They want to see if you're going to be a great fit for your team, if you're not going to be doing any off the field dumb issues or stuff like that. But I'm telling you, Dak Prescott gave some good advice on that. But anyway, let's let's get right to my prospects. Let's start off with my boy Kareem Hunt. You know, I went to University of Toledo, went there my freshman year. I still got love for the city of Toledo and the Rockets program. You know, I, I miss Gary Pinkle, Coach Pinkle, because he went down to Missouri, man. Big up to uh, uh, Gary Pinkle. I know he's retired right now. But Kareem Hunt, 5'10", 208 pounds. Man, this guy is shifty. He came in this game, had 15 carries. 115 yards. A lot of people didn't know about this guy, but in this game, he showed great hands. He had a good vision, good burst, and good change of direction. He made a name for himself in this game, so I look for him probably going the third or fourth round, maybe in the second round. I mean, it depends on um, a team, you know, a team that's running back hungry or how a team feels about um, Kareem Hunt, if they want to take a, a early pick on him. We'll see, but I think he probably going to mid-round, maybe third or fourth round. Also, my boy Zay Jones, the wide receiver from East Carolina University. This man, Chuck, did you know last year he had 158 catches? Let me say that once again, 158 catches. Now, this is a Division One football school. And you have to understand, East Carolina, they play some tough competition. They play North Carolina State. They play South Florida. 
And my man Zay Jones had 158 catches. I know they sling that ball around a lot down there, but, hey, man, he balled out last year. And in this game, he came in here, had a touchdown catch. Um, he actually showed great hands. He's six foot two, 202 pounds. Um, he also shows that he's a great, excellent route runner, and he's a student of the game. But I think he made some money in this game. A lot of analysts and scouts are saying that after this game's performance, he'll probably uh, be picked in the first round or maybe the top of the second round. And then third, my main man, Davis Webb, the quarterback out of Cal, actually looked pretty good in this game. He was actually named the game's MVP, had a, a 165 pass yards and a touchdown. And uh, he only played one year at Cal after he transferred from Texas Tech University. But this past season, he threw for over 4,200 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. And I know Cal, they sling that ball around a lot. But in this senior bowl game, he showed a good touch on the deep ball and actually showed that he has a solid, strong arm and has pretty solid uh, pocket, pocket awareness. And then my last guy is safety, Lorenzo Jerome. Now, you sitting here saying, Lorenzo Jerome, who's this dude? Yeah, I ain't even ever heard of this guy either. But this is a kid who came from a small college at FCS school. Uh, which is uh, St. Francis, and in this game, he played well. Um, he actually was the defense MVP. I mean, to me, he had two interceptions and a forced fumble, and what's crazy is in the NFLPA Collegiate All-Star Bowl game on January 21st, he had two picks in that game and finished his career at St. Francis with 18 interceptions, so keep eye on this guy. Um, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, they got him going in the fourth round after this game's performance. So those are some of the prospects to keep your eye on. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a pretty solid game. Not a bad game, but like I said, I was looking for some of the players. I'm saying, hmm, can my Giants use him? Can my Raiders use him? So, yeah, I came away pretty happy in this game. Awesome. So who do you think the highest drafted player will be? I think Zay Jones, man. I mean, you can't you can't dismiss 158 catches. And I, like I said, I know East Carolina they throw the ball around a lot, but he was doing this against top notch competition in that division, that conference. Um, but like I said, I mean, this guy has great hands. I mean, like I said, he shows he loves to run routes, uh, doesn't mind blocking, physical. So I think Zay Jones, man. I mean, everybody else is agreeing and saying, even the analysts saying they think he's going to move in the first round. So if he doesn't move in the first round, look for him to go early in the second round. Gotcha. All right. So, Chuck, man, before we get into this Hall of Fame, because this is where we're going to spit a big chunk on, because, you know, we got to run down this list, and I'm going to get my predictions. You know, I'm going to ask you, put you on the Q&A. And, um, you know, we're going to get our rant on about one specific player that we can't – well, we'll put like this. We admire this game, but we just don't like the position he's in right now. I can't believe he's going to be a finalist, you know, for this Hall of Fame. But anyway, Chuck, you know, there was an interesting move in the Bay. And, you know, you're sitting here saying, well, in the Bay, in the Bay area, like, yeah, you know, you got the Raiders, you got the 49ers. So, you know, some people are probably thinking like, hmm, uh, you need to, you're going to touch on, you know, your Raiders. The deal to Vegas is pretty much done deal because – you know, the casino owner, he pulled out, blah, blah, blah. Nah, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about these 49ers because just last week they offered um, the head coaching job to the Falcons coordinator, offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. But the crazy thing is this, they didn't have a general manager because we know their former general manager, Trent Baalke, got fired. He got dropped off actually uh, about less than a month ago. 
So I was sitting here thinking, like, I wonder who's going to be the 49ers general manager because Lewis Riddick, ESPN's own, actually interviewed for the position, and a lot of people were saying he has a great shot to get it. And then, you know, I think Earl Wolf or Ron Wolf from the Packers, um, he interviewed as well. I'm not for sure on that, but I think so. I'm just speculating. But there was an interesting hire that was just announced. And the 49ers, he said, decided that they were going to go ahead and announce that John Lynch, we're talking about the former Buccaneers safety, who's actually one of the Hall of Fame finalists, has been announced that he's going to be signing a six-year deal to be the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, fans, let me just give you a little background on on, on uh, this, man, because, like I said, we already know that uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to be the Niners' new head coach. But this is going to be his franchise from now on. He's basically the new sheriff in town. So he goes out and signs a guy, a former player, played a long time in the league, who has no zero, zero experience in a general manager role. But the idea to hire Lynch was his own idea. And But the funny thing about this is that John Lynch actually called Shanahan about a week ago and asked to volunteer for the job. But Kyle Shanahan, I guess he probably reached out to his dad because we already know his dad, uh, uh, Mike Shanahan, was the head coach of the Broncos um, from 2004 to 2007, which is where uh, John Lynch actually played under. So maybe Kyle reached out to his daddy and said, Pops, what you think about John Lynch, man? You, you think he make a good general manager? And I don't know what Mike said to him because after that conversation or whatever, I mean, look at look at this. John Lynch has a six-year deal with zero. I'm talking about zero experience. And so, so for some of those fans who don't know much about the GM role, here's some of the duties. I mean, the general manager's duty is that he has to oversee a large front office staff. He has to hire and fire the coaching staff, including the head coach. And usually the general managers, they report to the team president, you know, the CEO or the owner. So with that being said, man, I got to ask this question to you, Chuck. Can John Lynch, can John Lynch fix a franchise that's gone seven and 25 in the past two seasons? Is there enough talent on this team to compete? And who's going to be the franchise QB? And, Chuck, also, how long do you think it will take to build this team to be competitive again? Uh, you're going to have to run some of those questions back to me. But let me, start <laughs> with the one, let me start with the ones that I do remember. Can he fix this 49ers team? Yes, absolutely he can. Uh, John Lynch, he was a great player. Uh, he played on a great defense. He – Obviously, he was a student of the game. Obviously, he's a smart – well, I won't say obviously, but from what I'm hearing, he's a very, very smart guy. He did go to Stanford, if I remember correctly. He uh, So, so yeah, so he's a smart guy. Stanford ain't your local community college. They just don't let no any dummies in there. Not I'm not hating on any community colleges because they're a very valuable educational tool. My point is – your average Joe most likely won't get into Stanford. You have to be a smart guy to be to go there. Whatever smart, intelligent, whatever the word is, you have to have your stuff together. And he went to Stanford. 
So with all those skills and attributes, he has the tools to be very successful in this job. Experience, to a certain point, I think, can be overrated. The president of the United States, the most powerful single person in the world, is Donald Trump, who has zero political experience prior to the job. Now, some people will say he's doing a horrible job. Other people will say he's doing a, a fantastic job. That's up for debate. This ain't a political show. My point is, is that experience is important to a certain extent, but if you're trying to do something new, you're trying to do something fresh, you're trying to bring in a different perspective, bringing in a guy who had not been in a position and who's going to make a lot of mistakes, because that's the only way you learn is by making mistakes. You truly learn. He's going to make a lot of mistakes, but he has a lot of talented – I'm sure he's going to put a lot of talented people around him. He's a smart guy. He's bringing in – or Kyle Shanahan was, I guess, already hired before he was. Kyle Shanahan is a smart guy. So it's about the team that John Lynch will build. So, yes, he can turn this team around. Uh, one of the other questions, if I remember correctly, is who will be the quarterback? I don't think the the quarterback for the future is obviously not on that roster. But Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure, I am trusting he will find him and John Lynch will find the franchise quarterback for that club because everybody has to remember that. Kyle Shanahan is playing in the Super Bowl, or not playing, but he's coaching in the Super Bowl this coming weekend. He took – Matt Ryan to the next level. Matt Ryan was already balling. I don't have his stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure a majority of the past five to six years, Matt Ryan has thrown over 4,000 yards, if I remember correctly. But this year has been his best year of his career, and I would attribute that to Matt Ryan, or I would attribute that to Kyle Shanahan. And I believe Matt Ryan even said that, is that when Kyle Shanahan came in, he saw – this is Matt Ryan talking about Kyle Shanahan – He said Kyle saw in him what the other coordinators didn't. He saw that Matt Ryan was a better athlete than people were getting him credit for, and he used that this year, get him out of the pocket, you know, doing all these other things to use his athletic ability, just not being that stiff Dan Marino in the pocket type quarterback. So that was a smart move on Kyle Shanahan. It's paying off. They're in the Super Bowl. So is the quarterback of the future on this roster or – uh, is the franchise quarterback on his roster? No, but I think Kyle Shanahan will bring the best out of the quarterbacks they have on the roster. Now we know that uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick is a talented guy. Past few years, he's fell off. Kyle Shanahan, if anything's left, if Colin Kaepernick has anything left, Kyle Shanahan will be able to bring that out of him. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, and now, what was the what was another question, Nick? All right, is there enough talent on this team to compete? No, <laughs> no, is is not. Well, let me put it like this: there in the NFL, every team has talent. The 49ers a few years ago, when they had Harbaugh, had more talent than pretty much anybody else in the league. I mean, that roster was loaded. But because of 
free agency, players retiring, uh, just things not working out, you know, free agency, all those things. The talent is not at the level that it was when Harbaugh was there, not even close, not even remotely close. So Kyle Shanahan, smart dude. I'm sure he's going to bring some some talent on offense. Now that defensive side of the ball, that's another thing. That's another thing to be had. It's going to take some time to build this team up. 49ers, they're not going to be competing for a playoff spot this coming year, two years, maybe three years down the road. It usually takes three or four years to really turn the team around. And, you know, so, but it's good to be optimistic because you have smart people in the building. The only thing I'm worried about with this is that the head or that the head coach was hired before the GM. The GM might have got hired because of the head coach. So Kyle Shanahan, obviously, they have a, a history there, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. So maybe it was a buddy buddy during the interview. Kyle Shanahan was like, yo, I take the job if you bring in a GM of my choosing. Maybe not of my choosing, but out of these out of these potential potential people, I would take the job if you hire one of these potential people who I know I'd be able to work with. So I am 99% certain that John Lynch got this job because of Kyle Shanahan. And if that's the case, you can't argue. I mean, you can't hate on this decision because the 49ers are doing everything they can to make Kyle Shanahan happy. And by making him happy, he's more inclined to be successful. So, you know, I think it's a good move because it's going to make Kyle Shanahan, it's going to make Kyle Shanahan, uh, happy and then you mentioned all the roles of the jobs of a GM. Now <clears throat> around the league, you know, GMs have have different roles. Like Cincinnati Bings, we don't even have a GM. Our, our president, the owner is the GM of the team. Uh I believe the Cowboys used to have a similar situation, but I think Jerry Jones' son or something have have that, but whatever. But I think John Lynch's role is more gonna be a manager of people. I don't I don't believe at this point in time that John Lynch will be the the judge, jury, executioner when it comes to selecting draft picks and getting uh and getting free agents and all that other stuff because John Elway went to the arena league to hone his skills. He did the smart thing. He went to the minor leagues to refine his skills in and doing those type of things, acquiring free agents, player personnel decisions. John Lynch doesn't have that. So the smart thing would be to take him, separate him from that. But I think all the other things you mentioned in terms of maybe running the scouting department, not even not even just just managing the scouting department, not necessarily going in there like, boom, uh, yeah, let's take a look at this. Thing. No, just over there doing doing the logistics of the team, all these other things. So I think he's just going to be the manager, just like at your job, that manage, manages the people in the front office. And from all accounts, John Lynch is a very personable guy, smart guy, and I think he'd be able to do that. And I think the actual player personnel, the players' decisions, will fall more on the coaching staff, which is what you want. Because we all know the famous quote by Bill Parcells is, height excuse me, how, how do you expect me to be the chef and do the cooking if I can't go out and buy the groceries? So I Man. think Kyle Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan uh, 
it did a smart move. Or, you know, I think, sorry, I think the 49ers did a smart move by bringing in John Lynch because I think, I think that's the type of relationship they're going to have. And so the success really falls on Kyle Shanahan, which is kind of what you want. The success should fall on the head coach, the guy that's running the show, just like Bill, Bill Belichick in uh, New England. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a unique situation, but I'm not going to hate them. I think they're in a much better position than they were last year. I mean, 49ers was a butt of all type of jokes. They played pitiful football. They were terrible. Bringing in Chip Kelly, that was just beyond retarded, just dumb. <laughs> they, should, they shouldn't even, you know. But any, but I'm not going to hate on that because they got them to this point where they got Kyle Shanahan, who is a very, 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 very smart guy, innovative. He's he's coaching the Super Bowl. And you know what? In my opinion, I'm getting this later. I was going to say something about the Super Bowl, but we're going to talk about that a little later. So uh, did I cover all the questions, Nick? Man, beautiful job, man. That's why I love you, man. You you the scholar, man. I don't know how you break it down, man. Great job, man. Great job, man. Fans, let me give Chuck a round of applause, man. Good job, good job, good job. No, no, no. Don't All give right. me a round of applause yet. Hook, hook me up with some – give me some <laughs> C-notes or something. Send it to my PayPal or something. It's expensive right, right. in L.A. All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, man, if there's some fans that love Mr. C – Man, if they love you like that, you know, hey, they'll email us. They'll hit us up on Twitter, Neek and Chuck, Pro Football Talk. All right. The NFL Hall of Fame committee is going to make their announcement this Saturday. Um, I don't know what Zach Tony will, but uh, the Hall of Fame committee uh, will get together and meet um, Saturday morning in Houston to discuss and make their picks on who should be in the 2017 Hall of Fame class, and right now we have 15 finalists. And Chuck, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna go through each one. I'm gonna just go through some of their accolades, and then at the end, actually at the end of each one, after I finish going through the accolades for each one, um, um, you can go ahead and chime in and say, "Hey, you think he deserves to be in? Would you put him in this year, or would you wait, or she never get in?" So, all right, let's get started. We just touched on him. We just talked about John Lynch. We know John Lynch. Uh, former safety, played 15 seasons, 224 games, won a Super Bowl in 2002 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, actually went to nine Pro Bowls, um, had, actually had 26 interceptions, over 1,000 tackles, 16 forced fumbles, 13 sacks, and was named to the NFL first team All-Pro three times. So with that being said, Chuck, do you think John Lynch should go in this year? Next year or hell nah, never. In terms, he definitely should go. He should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. John Lynch had an excellent career. You ran down some of the numbers. He won a Super Bowl ring. He played on one of the best defenses that there's ever been in the NFL. I mean, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was fantastic. Uh, He's one of the standout players on that team. But this year, now, how are we doing this? Do we have a certain number? Like, see, because it's hard to say. Like, if he doesn't get in, does somebody else, do I have to put, if there's another safety on the list, does he have to go in first, or can they both go in at the same time? Or I don't, Chuck, like, Chuck, I don't get Chuck, the year bottom, thing. Bottom, look, bottom line, <clears throat> there's 15 players. Usually right. the NFL committee sends in eight or nine, sometimes seven, or maybe less than that. But this is a great list. My list, <clears throat> I think I have eight or nine in. So you can have that many as you want, Chuck. 
This is your list, man. So do you think John Lynch should go in? Yes. <clears throat> All right. So Chuck agrees and says that John Lynch should be in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame class 2017. All right. Yeah, because so the way the, the way the question the way the question was structured is like you said he's gonna be in this year, next year. That I don't. I I can't call that like this year next year what determines who goes in this year this year the number of slots or whatever so so the easy answer for me is yes he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame I can't okay. say this year next year two years from three years from now yes he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame okay all right so far all right out of the fifteen you say what the first one we said you say that he goes in all right Terrell Owens sixteen yes. season. All right, all right, all right, let me get to that, guys. All right, let me finish. I agree. I hear you. I hear you. 16 seasons, 219 games, over 1,000 catches for 15,934 yards with a 14.8 yards per catch average, 153 touchdowns. Um, his yardage total ranks second all time. Um, his TD reception total is third most in NFL history. And he has had nine 1,000-yard receiving seasons. He was named to six Pro Bowls and was named to the first-team NFL All-Pro five times. And, Chuck, you already chimed in right before I got started. You said yes, yes, yes. So, T.O. was in. All right. Kicker Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson played 25 seasons. I heard you again. Let me finish. 382 games, seven Pro Bowls, named to the first-team All-Pro five times. Um, He's also the all-time Saints leading scorer, holds the NFL record for career points, and has the most uh, uh, field goals in the NFL with 565, and holds the record for the most games played and named to the NFL All-Pro – I mean, actually named to the NFL All-Decade team twice. So, Warren Anderson, Chuck says yes. All right. Tackle Tony Boselli. Tony Boselli played seven seasons, 91 games, was named to the Pro Bowl five times, was named to the first team NFL All Pro three times, was also a part of, named to the NFL decade team of the 1990s. And what most people remember about Tony Boselli, that he was an elite premier tackle. But with that being said, Chuck, does Tony Boselli get your vote into the 2017 Hall of Fame class? This is a tough one because off the jump, from what I recall, because Tony Pacelli, Tony Pacelli played during our, not our era because we didn't play in the league, but during when we were younger, you know, during our teens, the early 20s. So I remember him very well. I remember when the, Jackson, when the Jacksonville franchise was, was founded. And he was their first overall pick. He was their first selection in that expansion draft. So I have a a very clear recogni- uh, uh, record. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. I remember. I remember Tony Baselli very well. Yeah, I remember Tony Baselli. Oh, my bad. Recollection. Well. My bad. Yeah, recollection. There you go. <laughs> I remember Tony Baselli very well. And this guy's career was cut short by injuries. I believe he only played for uh what is it, six years, seven years, seven something seasons. like that? Mm-hmm. Seven seasons. His his career was short cut short by injuries. <sighs> he made the five Pro Bowls, three all pros. 
He's on an all-decade team for the 90s. But when I look at – when I stack <clears> him up against, like, Jonathan Ogden, the former Baltimore Raven who is a Hall of Famer, I just can't – I don't – it just it, – it, they don't stack up well to me. I think Jonathan Ogden was far better tackle than Tony Baselli. But – Tony Baselli was a very, 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 very good player. So I can't, I, I can't hate on that. And so my mind has changed, Nick. I know for a while I was saying, nah, I'm cool on Tony Baselli. But now that I thought about some more, yes, Tony Baselli, Tony Baselli, he could, he, he should, he should go in the Hall of Fame. He only played in 91 games, but. I, I just throw him in there, man. I throw him in there. I, 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 he man, tackle I, was very you, hard to get in there. Because you know Tony I was Buscelli, about to do, man. Yeah, you know I was about to do these, man. You know who I was about to go and get. You know who I was about to go on and get. Go on and get the gimp. <laughs> go on and get the gimp. <laughs> I was about to go wake the gimp up. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So. Tony but see, that was a tough one. That that mm-hmm. was a tough one because I, I, I changed a... my mind. I was a flip flopper on that because first <laughs> I was like, "Nah, I'm cool." But then you had to think back that this dude went against like Reggie White's and those type of I know, pieces. I know. So put him in know. there. All right. Wide receiver Isaac Bruce, who was part of the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams. He played 16 seasons, 223 games, was a Super Bowl winner. All-time Rams leader in catches, receiving yards, and most yards from scrimmage. He was named to the NFL first-team All-Pro one time, had four Pro Bowls, had over 1,000 career receptions for 15,208 yards, which is second all-time, and 91 TDs. That being said, Chuck, Isaac Bruce, is he in the Hall of Fame this year? This year? No. Eventually, yes. All right. That's what I like to hear. Move, make it quick. Move on. All right. Former NFL head coach of the St. Louis Cards and the San Diego Chargers, Don Coryell. He was he spent his coaching career in NFL for 14 seasons with an NFL regular season record of 111 games, victories, and 83 losses and one tie. His postseason record was three and six. He was NFL Coach of the Year in 1974 and 1979. He inherited a team that hadn't won a division title in many years when he became the Chargers head coach. The Chargers won three division titles from 79 to 81. He installed an explosive offense labeled Air Corps Yell. The Chargers led the NFL passing six straight seasons where quarterback Dan Fouts became the first player in NFL history to record three straight 4,000 passing yard seasons. He died in 2010 at the age of 85. So with that being said, does Don Coryell get Chuck's vote for the NFL Hall of Fame for 2017? Yes, he does. His playoff record is not impressive. His regular season record is not impressive. But one of the one of the things I look at in terms of who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, at least my Hall of Fame, is did they change the game? Did they revolutionize the game? 
and he did. Right. I mean, hell, I, I mean, hell, he got Dan Fouts. His offense, he's the reason Dan <laughs> Fouts is in, is in the Hall of Fame. And Dan Fouts gets a he gets a small question mark. He used to get a big question mark for me, but he gets a but Ken Anderson ain't in there. It's hard for Dan Fouts to be in there, but you know what? Dan Fouts is in there, so hopefully Ken Anderson be in there one day. But Eric Corey, uh, uh Don Correll, yes, he deserves to be in there. All right, dude, time constraint. Let's speed up a little bit. All right, safety Brian Dawkins played for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos, played 16 seasons, 224 games, named to the first team NFL Pro five times, nine Pro Bowls, holds the Eagles record for most games played, Named to NFL All-Decade Team of the 2000s, finished his career with 37 interceptions, three touchdowns, and 26 sacks, and 1,131 tackles and 28 forced fumbles. So with that being said, does Brian Dawkins get Chuck's vote to the NFL Hall of Fame? Yes. Wow, that's six of them. All right, Chuck. <laughs> you got about two or three more, man. Let's <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep going. All right. Safety Kenny Easley, who played for the Seattle Seahawks. He played seven seasons, 89 games, was named Defensive Player of the Year in 1984, where he had a league-high 10 interceptions, was named to the pro. I mean, actually, um, he was named to the uh, NFL First Team All-Pro four times, uh, elected to the Pro Bowl five times, was a member of the NFL All-Decade Team of the 1980s, Finished career with 32 interceptions, three touchdowns, eight sacks. Led the Seahawks in interceptions in four seasons. So with that being said, does Kenny Easley get Chuck's vote into the NFL Hall of Fame? I'm not very familiar with him. Matter of fact, he's not even on my Hall of Fame candidates list. I don't know where you're getting them from. but So I have to go no because I'm not very familiar with him. And yeah, so no. All right. I agree, man. I wasn't too familiar with him. I seen it. I was like, oh, Kenny, I'm not too familiar with this guy. But, hey, you know, freedom stats, pretty solid stats. But I agree with you, not in not in the Hall of Fame on my list or your list this year. All right. Guard Alan Fanica, who was a dominating run blocker back in the 90s and the 2000s. He played for the Steelers, Jets, and Cardinals. He only missed one game in a 13-year NFL playing career and played in 206 games. He helped the Steelers post 10-plus wins five times. He was named to six NFL first-team All-Pros. He made it to nine straight Pro Bowls and was named to the NFL's All-Decade team of the 2000s. So with that being said, does Alan Fanica get Chuck's vote into the NFL Hall of Fame for 2017? Yes. He was a certified beast, plain and simple. All right. Left tackle, Joe Jacoby, who played 13 years for the Redskins. He was a key member of the famed Hogs offensive line, the big old Hogs, that led the Redskins to three Super Bowl victories. He was named to the NFL first team all pro three times, four straight uh, Pro Bowls, and was a member of the NFL all-decade team of the 1980s and played in 170 games. So with that being said, does Joe Jacoby get Chuck's vote? Nah, sorry, Joe. <laughs> All right. Jerry Jones. I ain't got to say no more. We already know who he is. How about them Cowboys? Does he get Chuck's vote? Jerry Jones on the list? Uh-huh. 
Does he count against the against, I'm talking about for our list. Does he count uh, the eight and nine? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying that does he get your vote, man? Jerry Jones. But I'm saying, does he count against my my allotted amount of players? No, I no, put no, in? no, 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 no. Oh, if that's the case, then yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. He revolutionized the game. All right. Off the cornerback, field. cornerback Ty Law played for the Patriots, the Jets, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. Fifteen seasons, two hundred three games, won two Super Bowls. Um, was named to the NFL first team All Pro twice. Um, named to the five, uh, actually named to five Pro Bowls, and led the NFL interceptions uh, twice. Had 53 picks, 828 yards, seven pick sixes, five sacks, and was selected to the NFL All-Decade team of the 2000s. So with that being said, does the, one of the most physical corners in the game, Ty Law, gets Chuck Vogt into the class, uh, into the Hall of Fame class of 2000. You know what, Nick? We also talked about this uh, the other day, and I changed my mind as well. I think it, it was some valid points. This dude was a Hall of Famer. Like you said, he's a, he was a physical cornerback. Won three Super Bowls. He was the number one corner on all of those Super Bowl teams. You can't hate on him. He he deserve he deserves to be in there. And he is the reason why they changed that rule. You can't no contact. What is it? No contact after five yards, right? Because remember yeah. all them remember all them coach players, man. Them coach fans were complaining how he was holding and bumping uh, Marvin Lewis, Marvin Harrison at the line and all this stuff. Remember all that, man? All that talk. Yeah. So yeah, you know so. Ty Law, man. That was my man. I love Ty Law, Michigan guy. Right, and you think about that. Marvin Harrison went in, and and so and this dude, Ty Law, was shutting, was shutting their ass down when it came to the playoff time. So, hell yeah, that dude deserved That was your valid point. <laughs> hell yeah, that dude deserves to be in there because he had, he had Mar- Har- Marvin Harrison crying too bad. Him in, too, man. <laughs> yeah, why ain't it too bad, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, and when you whine like that, you know I was about to say, "Go on, get the gym." <laughs> mm-hmm. Or when you lie, or when you whine like that, you know what else we say? Step aside, Butch. <laughs> Step aside, Butch. All right, yeah. let's move on. Let's continue. All right, Qu- quarterback Kurt Warner, twelve seasons, hundred twenty-four games, two times NFL MVP. Um, also a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winner, only quarterback to throw for 300 or more yards in three Super Bowls, four-time Pro Bowler, led the NFL in TD passes twice. So with that being said, Kurt Warner, is he Hall of Famer for this year? For this year, no. But this would be the one player where I say put his ass in next year. <laughs> All right. Center Kevin Mouah. Played for the Seahawks, the Jets, and the Titans. 16 seasons, 241 games. Led the way for Hall of Fame running back Curtis Martin. Six-time All-Pro, eight Pro Bowls, selected to the NFL All-Decade team of the 2000s. So, does Kevin Mawak get Chuck Vogt? Yes, he does. All right. Former commissioner. Now, Chuck, you hated on this guy, man. I, I know how you felt about him, but... I like him better than, you know, our boy Goodell, but former commissioner Paul Tagliabue. He was NFL commissioner from 1989 to 2006. Under him, the league expanded to 32 teams. Um, There was two decades of labor peace with the NFL Players Association. He established the NFL as a global brand with operations and overseas markets, was the first league 
The NFL was the first league to operate on a weekly basis on two separate continents. He also created a league-wide internet network and subscriber-based NFL TV network and secured the largest TV contracts in entertainment history, totaling $25 billion. And we know the NFL is all about money. We know them owners love to make money. So with that being said, Commissioner Paul Tagelbuth. I really don't understand how a commissioner can go into the Hall of Fame because the commissioner – no, I, I don't because the commissioner works for the owners. And what is the Hall of Fame for? Like, is the Hall of Fame for – that confuses me. I thought the Hall of Fame was for what you accomplished on the field. And then every now and then, they then they start throwing in these other people throughout the NFL – who made huge contributions like Jerry Jones, these owners, and and they start putting coaches on there. So I'm fine with coaches because they have a direct effect of what goes on the field. But it, even owners like Jerry Jones has a direct effect that what's going on on the field on Sunday in terms of the actual game. The commissioner, his job is just to make the owners money and to keep the and keep they keep the game going. Like, that's his job. Like, I I don't understand it, so he doesn't get my vote just because I don't understand why a commissioner needs to be going to the Hall of Fame other than just so you can say he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, I I don't get it, so no, he doesn't get my vote. All right, defense end Jason Taylor played for the Dolphins, Redskins, and Jets. 15 seasons, 233 games, recorded more sacks than any player. In the NFL from the year 2000 to 2011, 139.5 sacks, eight interceptions, three TDs, NFL record, 29 fumbles recovered, NFL record, six TDs on fumble recoveries, named to the Pro Bowl six times, three-time All-Pro, Dolphins MVP four times, named NFL All-Decade Team of the 2000s. So with that being said, Jason Taylor. Absolutely, and I am – the first one that's been on Jason Taylor knew this dude was going to be a beast because back in, what was that, 1997 or 19, yeah, the winter of 1996 or whatever, January or whatever was 1997. When I was down visiting family in Alabama, me and my dad went to the, I think it was the Shriners Bowl that was in Mobile, Alabama, and this saw this dude play. He dominated this dude from Akron, tall, skinny, light-skinned brother from Akron who was out there dominating, <laughs> whooping ass. And he and at the end of the game, he should have been the defensive player of the game. He should have been just been a flat out player of the game. And he got robbed. They gave it to some other bum who probably didn't even make it three years in the league. And I remember Jason Taylor just standing on the field. They calling out the MVP. And he walk. He he stand there waiting to get his trophy. And they get it to some other bum. And he just walk. He just walked out. I said that dude was a monster. He gonna be a beast. And now was that six nineteen years later. This dude should be going in the Hall of Fame. Jason Taylor is a certified beast, certified Hall of Fame. All right, LaDainian Tomlinson, 11 seasons, uh, 170 games, ran for 1,000 yards in each of his first eight NFL seasons, captured back-to-back NFL rushing titles in the year 2006 and 2007, named NFL MVP with a career-high 1,815 yards and 28 TDs, set the NFL record with 31 TDs, and 186 points in a season. So, with that being said, and I know there's other accolades with Daniel Thompson, he owns so many. But with that being said, man, does LT get in first ballot? 
Yes, absolutely. The only thing I wish is that he had somebody else read his Hall of Fame speech because I can't I can't stand to hear that dude talk. I know we ain't the best articulators in the world, but we ain't getting paid all this money to go on TV and talk. That, that dude is, is horrible to listen to. He should go in the Hall of Fame, but I will not be watching his Hall of Fame speech, but I hope it's outstanding. But yeah, take some speech class. Go to, go to Toastmasters, LT. That's where I go. Come to my Toastmasters. I go to Burbank Toastmasters in Burbank, California. Come to one of my meetings, a couple of my meetings, man. We'll work on that articulation. He's not going to come. You know why? Because NFL Network is writing his checks. They hired his butt, so he's getting paid for talking very country, and he can't articulate that very well, but he doesn't care. So, hey, he's on NFL Network getting paid very handsomely. All right. Last one, man. We ain't going to touch on this because we got to break the Super Bowl game down. Terrell Davis. And I'm just going to say it like this, man, because I got to start off first, man. Let, let me let me get let me get him first, man. Hell no. Hell nah. Seven seasons, 78 games. Yes, he was a two-time Super Bowl winner. Um, yeah, he was named to the NFL All-Pro selection three times. Only had 7,607 yards, man. 7,607 career rushing yards, man. And 60 TDs and 78 career games. Made to the Pro Bowl three times and was named to the NFL All-Decade team of the 1990s. So, neat. I'm just going to go ahead and say, hell no, nah, because if Terrell Davis' ass gets in, my main man Ricky Waters, Corey Dillon, and uh, and Priest Holmes should all go in together. I'm sorry. Next year, if, if his ass go in this year, TD go in this year, next year all three of them running backs should go in all together. You understand? That's how I feel about this because, Chuck, you already know how we, we we go off on this. We can't take this, man. This is one of them things. We can't take that, you know. So I just had to get that off my chest. Terrell Davis, right. hell no. Yeah, I agree. Hell no. But I'm not going to – I've beat this dead horse time and time again, so I'm not going to go back and keep bringing up them same points, which you cover some of them, Nick is that I was doing some research. I just wanted to step back. And this is nothing against TD. I'm sure he's a great he's a great guy. But there is a Denver Broncos publication. I found they had they gave 30 reasons in 30 days why Terrell Davis should be in the Hall of Fame. That tells you right there it's their player. So yes, they want to get they they want to get their player in the Hall of Fame. Just like I want to get Ken Anderson, Isaac Curtis, Corey Dillon, I want to get Willie Anderson. I want to get those Bengals players in the Hall of Fame because he's my player. So they're biased just like I'm biased. But I was reading some of their points, and at first glance, you were like, oh, that's a good point. But if you dig deeper, no, it's not. It, it, they, it, it's really not. Like, for one, for one, for one, reason number four, Terrell Davis and the Gail Sayers comparison. I brought this up in the past about Gail Sayers. I said Gail Sayers deserved being a Hall of Fame because he revolutionized the game from the running back position, kick return, punt return. He revolutionized all that. What did TD revolutionize? Nothing. He had three very, very good seasons, two ridiculous seasons, two outstanding seasons, two. And they even say here in, they, in their little report that he says, TD, that's Terrell Davis, never returned punts or kickoffs, yet he still <laughs> had more Yet he still had more overall yards than Sayers who got to play in a dual role. Obviously, the person that wrote this doesn't get the point that Gale Sayers revolutionized the game. They're talking about they're just trying to put 
apples to apples. They're trying to put the yards against yards with Gale Sayers, and it doesn't work like that with Gale Sayers because he revolutionized the freaking game. He running back, kickoff return, punt returns, complete monster. And they and you want to compare numbers, apples to apples, numbers with TD, who all he did was run the ball, and he was fantastic for two seasons. Two seasons. We know Chuck. And, we know Chuck. And Calm then, down. Uh-huh. And then another, and then another, and another point they brought up, which okay, they kind of had me on this one. I was like, okay, they make a good point. Is that his playoff? He played eight playoff games. He was a complete. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I should have brought them up, but you can look it up for yourself. But in those eight playoff games, he had like a phenomenal, ridiculous. I mean, he put up outstanding numbers. He was a complete monster in the playoffs. So should that get him in a Hall of Fame? Mm-mm. Eight playoff games. Mm-mm. All right, Eight. Chuck. That's all right. We got. We got. We got to get a Super Bowl, man. You know the time's clicking, uh, counting down, man. All right, we get it, man. We, you, you know, Chuck. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have this debate show, man. We're gonna have a show on this, man, because because we we got more to get on than that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. So real quick, fans, just just to uh, recap, Chuck, you know, you, you gave your list. I'm just going to say this real quick. I think Alan Fennica should get in. Now, this is Nicholas, Jason Taylor, uh, my boy uh, Terrell Owens, um, uh, who else? Uh, Alan Fennica, uh, Kevin Mawa, and I will say Don Coriel, and then I will also say uh, Kurt Warner this year and LT. So those are my guys I think should get into Hall of Fame. And – I'll go ahead and throw John Lynch in because he has a Super Bowl over um, Brian Dawkins. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl game. You have the New England Patriots versus Atlanta Falcons. Here are my keys to this game. I'm just going to say this. Dante Hightower, the Patriots middle linebacker. Man, you better get your track shoes on. You better lace them up because you're going to be chasing Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman all over filling this game because we already know Kyle Shanahan loves to use these two running backs out in the open, hit them on some screens, hit them on um, out in the flat. So get ready, high tire, because you're going to be running after them all game, trying to catch them all game. Um, for the Patriots, man, you got to get pressure from that front seven on Matt Ryan. You can't let him sit back there in the pocket. Um, the young corners, uh, Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, man, you're going to have to cover well because you're going to be against two big physical wide receivers and Julio Jones, who is 6'2", and Muhammad Sanu, who's also 6'2". So you guys better get ready to get physical with them guys. Um, so get ready to cover them very well. And Tom Brady, man, if you have time, which I think you will in this game, because uh, I think that Patriots offense line will probably be double teaming uh, Big Beasley in this game. But if you have time, which you should have a lot, you should have a field day throwing against this young Falcons secondary. There's no true font. He's been out pretty much the most of the season, their best corner. They have also back there is Robert Alford. But I think, you know, um, Chris Hogan and uh, – you know, Elderman and all them guys, they can do some damage against them. For the Falcons, keys, stay balanced. Don't get in the shootout with these Patriots. Patriots been here before. They know how to play. They know how to play. They know how they've been in the Super Bowl. They know how to play in these games, man. So Belichick and them, they're going to come with their A game in this game. But stay balanced. Run that ball. Use the running backs. Um, get Devontae Freeman, like I said earlier. Get Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman on screens. Um, and also get the ball to Julio Jones and Vic Beasley. You need to ball out, man. You need to wreak havoc and get to Tom Brady. So that's my keys to this game. With that being said, whoo, it's gonna be a shootout, man. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a good one, man. I, I 
I'm hoping it's going to be a good game. I think if the Falcons continue to play the way they've been playing, this is going to be a shootout. But I think the Patriots will pull it out in the end, 38-35. Yeah, I think this is going to be an outstanding game. I'm going with the Falcons, even though I think it's going to be a close battle, like you said. The key for the Falcons is that defense it has to bend, but it can't break. Because the only way to, the Falcons – the Falcons has gone on this run, and that's they've gone on this run is because they've been scoring lights out. They've been putting up points. They've been putting points on the board. Past six games, they've scored over thirty-three points at all in every one of the games. Three of the games, they scored over forty points. Uh, their defense last few, probably last two or three games, they've given up like two or three, or they given up twenty, twenty-one, and thirty-two points. So. I don't think they're going to be able to, to limit the Patriots to that amount of points. I think the Patriots at least going to get 28 points. Uh, but what the Falcons have is that we know that Bill Belichick likes to take away your greatest weapon. So, obviously, you, I was going to say they're going to, they're going to try to get rid of uh, – try to take out Julio Jones, which is what the smart move would be. But if they can stop that running game and just go back and play and able to play zone – Against this Falcons team, I think the Patriots Patriots might pull it out, but they got to stop that run um, and and not totally focus on Julio Jones because Julio Jones can obviously we all know he can take over a game, but I, I think they stop this run, they got a very very good chance to limit this pass this passing offense. And then on the New England Patriots side, they got so many weapons. They got Tom Brady back there, and we all know. The only way you can really beat the Patriots is to get pressure, consistent pressure on Tom Brady to make him uncomfortable in that pocket. He's not the best scrambler in the world, but he has some of the best pocket awareness there is. His pocket awareness is butter, as our boy, as our boy Pugh used to say. So, but you got to get him out of that pocket. You got to get him scrambling. You got to get him to get that ball out early, make them throw that, them quick screens. Uh, it, it make him get them balls out quick and make the tackles because we all know the weakness of this Atlanta Falcons is this defense, especially this pass defense. So you got to get that pressure. They get that pressure. I think the Falcons can pull it out, and I think they will be able to get the pressure uh, this game. But it's going to be a fantastic game. Like you said, it's going to be high scoring. I don't know what the final score is going to be. All I know, the winners is going to be the Atlanta Falcons. And the one thing you got to give the Falcons props on, man, is that defense. They play with speed. They're young, but they're fast. And I like that linebacking core. You know, Big Big Beasley's on the strong side, and then you have the rookie uh, Deion Jones, who had over 100-plus tackles this year and three touchdowns. Um, uh, He's the middle linebacker, and he's only like 21, but he's fast as heck. And then you have on the uh, on the weak side, you have Devondre Campbell, uh, the rookie out of Minnesota, who's also fast as well. So um, the good matchup I'm looking forward to seeing is Bennett. Martellius Bennett against either Campbell or um, Deion Jones. That's going to be a good matchup as well. But but we just hope, I mean, we just I mean, hope, we just, go ahead. I was just saying, I mean, yeah, you just get a defensive props. There's definitely some talent on that side of the ball, but they are prone to giving up nice. points. You know what I mean? And then they're playing the Patriots. So and that's the object of the, <laughs> that's the object of this game is the is to score more than the other team scores. So when your defense is prone to giving up points, it, you know, I, I, I can't show you that much love no matter how much talent you have on that yeah, side of the ball. I yeah, I hear you good point. All right, with that being said, fans, we hope you enjoyed this show. 
Um, we had to give it to you live and raw, uncut. You know how we do it. No breaks, no commercials. That's the way we do it, Neek and Chuck style. Um, but fans, enjoy this uh, Super Bowl this weekend. Have a good time. Be safe. And uh, we'll still continue our show all throughout the offseason next week. We'll recap this game. So with that being said, Neek and Chuck, we'll see you next week. If you missed the show live, go to iTunes. Look for the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. See you next week, fans. You be all right, B.